Welcome to Courageous Wellness. My name is Erica Stein. And I'm Allie French. And this is a podcast about individual journeys within wellness and how to navigate it all. After Allie experienced a cancer diagnosis in her 20s. And Erica went through a sustained 50-pound weight loss and self-love journey. We created a platform to interview real people from all walks of life that have combined all types of practices. From physical wellness to emotional and spiritual, we hear courageous stories and focus on why it's important to share them. We are both certified integrative nutrition health coaches and together with our community are learning to live our most purposeful lives by sharing one courageous story at a time. It takes courage to share these journeys and by talking about them, we aim to destigmatize the process. We want you to be your own health advocate, feel educated and informed on the latest in health and wellness and empower you to feel your absolute best. And because we want to bring forth a wide variety of stories, the opinions of our guests do not necessarily reflect our own, but we hope the diverse and varied stories will empower you to make the best choices for your own life. So join us as we and our community share our courageous wellness. This week on the podcast, we have a wonderful conversation with Rhea Carey, also known as Coach Carey. Rhea is passionate about encouraging others to tap into the confidence they never knew they had. A two-time certified life coach and motivational speaker, Rhea's personal story includes losing over 300 pounds and persevering through bullying and adversity faced due to her weight, race, and sexual orientation. By openly sharing her triumphs and tribulations, Rhea uses her vulnerability to foster a welcoming and safe environment in every room she enters. She strives to inspire and lead those around her by providing unwavering support, guidance, and motivation. By equipping them with tangible tools to implement in their daily life immediately, Rhea steers her audience towards self-awareness, resilience, and success. On today's episode, we discuss her powerful personal journey, the importance of language and the way we speak to ourselves and others, and her work with Get Real, a 2S LGBTQ plus nonprofit organization supporting students and the importance of community wellness. Enjoy the episode. We are so excited to share a new discount code with our listeners for recess. Recess is a wellness and lifestyle brand that offers hemp-infused beverages designed to help people relax. An antidote to modern times, Recess offers us all a moment to reset and rebalance with their flavorful, unique combination of hemp extract and adaptogenic sparkling water made with real fruit. A wonderful alcohol alternative or just a fun afternoon treat to keep you calm, cool, and collected. With flavors including blackberry chai, blood orange, black cherry, peach ginger, and pomegranate hibiscus, they offer 6 and 12 packs, subscriptions, and sampler packs for your enjoyment. My two favorite flavors are the coconut lime and the black cherry, but I truly love them all and can't recommend the sampler pack enough, which is where I started. To save 15% on all beverages or subscriptions, you can use code COURAGEOUS at checkout when you visit takearecess.com. You can also find the direct link in our show notes. This episode is sponsored by Milk and Honey. Guys, I am so excited to share our new sponsor, Milk and Honey, with you because I have been using their baking soda-free deodorant exclusively for over two years. 
This gentle aluminum-free baking soda-free deodorant was designed to nourish sensitive skin while keeping you feeling and smelling fresh all day long. When I decided that I wanted to make the switch to a clean aluminum-free deodorant, I tried so many different brands, and each and every time I was plagued with those red itchy bumps under my arm on top of not feeling confident whatsoever that I did not smell. Milk and Honey not only never once gave me those pesky little red bumps, but also passed the smell test even after some of LA's toughest workout classes. This is my ride or die deodorant, and we are so excited to partner with them. Milk and Honey is a line of non-toxic, effective, and safe bath, body, and skincare products made in small batches in Austin, Texas. They source ingredients as hyper clean as possible, which means both choosing organic and making thoughtful, informed choices on safe ingredients. Milk and Honey is a female-founded and funded brand, and in addition to clean deodorant, they also carry non-toxic bath, body, and skincare products like hydration creams, cleansers, soaps, body polish, and lots more that will make you feel nourished inside and out. If you want to try Milk and Honey, you can receive 15% off your order by visiting milkandhoney.com and using the code CWPODCAST, one word, at checkout. You can also find the direct link in our show notes. Thank you so much, Rhea, for being here today. We are so excited to get into your story and have this conversation. So to begin, can you share with us your personal journey in wellness? Absolutely. I mean, thanks for having me, but also how much time do we have? The wellness journey is such a a long thing. So number one, I think I'm still on it. And I think a lot of us will always be. I think it's a never ending journey in some aspects. For me, my wellness journey, I think are two big pillars, which would be my weight loss and losing over 300 pounds and really trying to get to that last 50 pounds, which somehow is the hardest. So as you get smaller, it gets harder. And um, the other side would be my journey with, you know, wellness and confidence and, and mindfulness. And confidence for me has always been something that comes from within and really kind of building on the tools that I know that work for me to feel at my best. And meditation, you know, meditation really allows me to quiet the noise, to close the tabs, and to always be able to look at things differently. And that helps me stay strong. That helps me pour from my overflow. And that really helps me show up for my community, my friends, my family, and my clients. Thank you for sharing that. Um, You do have, I was going to say how much time, you know, we could probably talk for hours (laughs) about your experiences and now how you coach others too, um, and, and use your sort of own experiences to help inform how you show up and um, help other people as well. Absolutely. Um, I guess to start, let's start at the beginning of what you shared with us, which was that you've had from a, a pretty big physical transformation that you've gone through. And as we both know, as Eric and I both know in different capacities, when you have um, that kind of whatever, it, when whatever form it might take, but a change with the body. Um, Mm -hmm. 
there's a lot of other stuff that goes along with that. So would you mind sharing a little bit about what was the like emotional component or what was it like emotionally or um, mentally even to go through that kind of physical change? Great question. I think, you know, the emotional journey is longer and deeper, I feel. And so while you're going through it, especially at the beginning, it's go, 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 focus, 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 crush the gym, eat healthy, walk more, all those things. And then there's a couple of things that happens. One, you're starting to see the changes and the improvements. So then you're fired up. You're feeling good. And on the other hand, it's the ups and downs. It's the behavior. It's the unpacking. Where did this come from? Why am I doing this? Why is it that when I feel X, Y, Z, I more tend to eat this or turn to this or, you know, and so for me, it was really about honoring myself and and shifting my language, which I talk a lot about. Instead of cheat days, I would call them reward days. And for me, a lot of negative connotations worked up didn't work well for me even as a kid you know positive and negative reinforcements I think there's it's important to have both but it's the positive ones that obviously to anyone who who's ever seen me or worked with me or met me or my social media you know that's the stuff that gets me fired up so when I shifted my language in regards to my own healing specifically like my my weight loss that was such a game changer in how I showed up and the moment lot, you say cheat day, it kind of it's kind of like shame. It's like I shouldn't be doing this, but I'm gonna do it anyways. Whereas reward, it's like, okay, I worked for this. I didn't eat the French fries Monday to Friday because I knew I would have a few on Sunday. That's something to celebrate. Mm. And so that worked really well for me. I love that. You know, um, I have my own 50-pound weight loss and self-love journey, a self-love Woo! journey that led to a 50-pound weight loss. And actually, my family, my mom lost, I think uh, like over 150 pounds. My brother has lost a hundred pounds, you know, so I have this in my family, but it's so interesting the way you're talking about language because I'm an emotional eater Mm -hmm. and food is very emotional for me. And when I started, I just relate to that so much. And I think it's so powerful and, um, changing that language around, Oh, I'm not eating the peanut butter because I'm bad or emotionally eating. This is how I'm choosing to like nourish myself in this moment. Like, wow, body, like mm-hmm. this is how you want to nourish yourself, you know, and protect yourself. But can we do something else like to protect ourselves? Like, can we go for a walk? Can I take a bath or do I want the peanut butter? Right. So it was just this language I think is a really powerful reminder for be it weight loss, be it emotional eating, be it any struggle that we can experience. And I just think your story is so beautiful and so powerful. And so how did you then, you have such an incredible transformation and I know you've overcome so much adversity too in your life. So how did you transition from self-healing to then helping others and coaching others to heal themselves as well? Mm-hmm. You know, it's, it, it sort of happened organically over time. I've always felt that at a young age, I, my mom always says I was consciously aware and I was always able to like pause and look at things objectively, even from the age of like the earliest I remember is being eight years old and sort of being the schoolyard mediator. 
And when there was discrepancies with who's playing on the ball or the slide or this toy, kids would come to me instead of the teachers. Totally felt normal. But then as I reflected, I'm like, what, you know, eight-year-old is doing that? Especially when you have not been taught to yet, per se. And, and so I always had that level of people just always told me their life stories everywhere I went, every conversation, every, you know, just automatically my energy makes a lot of people feel safe, seen, and heard. So then that was one thing that was just something that I had throughout my life. And then going through my own journey and sharing that openly and authentically, then naturally just drew other people to me who were potentially experiencing the same. And then I've just always been someone who gets refueled by helping others. I'm a Virgo. I'm an empath. Like this is, I'm a, I'm a Leo moon. So it's just like who I am <laughs> to my core. And, um, that, you know, paired with my qualifications and my certifications really just allowed me to step into what I was already sort of innately doing and turn that into my career, my life purpose, my passion, and be able to monetize it in a way that stays value driven. You know, if anyone sees my social media and stuff like that, I never promote my coaching per se. I never promote pricing or budget or how much I make. And that's in an effort to be mindful that not everyone's in different places. And I'm a firm believer that the money will come. If you work hard, you stay focused, there's ups and downs. You know, there's in, in my past, there's been times where I'd make a lot of money one month and make no money the next month. You know, so I've been on both sides of the coin. And ultimately, I believe that supporting someone and resources and tools, everyone should have access to. So that's why I put a lot of my content, my education out for free. So to support others on that journey. Yeah, that's great. I think Eric and I actually really align with that, especially um, in, in the sort of general wellness space. It's, there's so much that's inaccessible, not affordable. Mm -hmm. And, um, and, and that's, you know, that's problematic because as human beings, we, um, I don't know, we believe that we should all have access to sort of this, anything that's going to help assist like our own evolution and our own, um, exactly. Yeah. And our own health journeys and however we define that too. And one thing, um, actually you both touched on in, in the context of, uh, your, your physical transformation and using language, like language being important. But I also read a, an article of yours or a blog post of yours recently about inclusive language um, with gender pronouns. And um, I would just love to dive into language a little bit more because I think that's really fascinating. And it's something that's not always easy in whatever context, right? Mm -hmm. Like for us to mm -hmm. change our language, because sometimes it's really ingrained. Um, and so if someone is working with you or, you know, if you're doing a, a program for something, how do you incorporate this idea of whether it's supporting someone in a journey, if they're like doing um, a gender transition or if if you're just needing to reframe the way you look at like cheat versus reward. I mean, I think this kind of concept can can permeate a lot of different mm -hmm. areas. And um 
We've talked a little bit about it on the podcast before, but since this is something you write about and talk about, I would love to hear your perspective on why language can be so important. Mm -hmm. I, I do firmly believe that it's the foundation of a lot of things we do. And, you know, self-talk is something every single person does. And pr probably a lot more than we realize. And our brain also never sleeps. So when you're sleeping, your brain is still happening and moving and thinking and processing and dreaming and collecting and, you know, deleting things and make, storing things into long-term memory, et cetera. So if you're constantly, like, you, know, you wouldn't tell a two-year-old every day they're stupid and expect them to think they're smart. So then it's like, well, why do we do that to ourselves? So I always bring it back to language because I catch people as they're saying it. And then that's their moment of self-reflection if they've never done it before. And they'd be like, oh, wow, I didn't even realize I said stuff like that. You know, and that's a big thing that all my clients know is that I'm so passionate about language that if you're talking about something, I'll, I'll stop you in the middle with love and respect and just say, let's pause there for a second. What's, what's maybe one word that you know I probably didn't like? And then they have to think and go through it. And then they're like, ah, right? Um, and so I think the big thing is also we, you know, we all have positive self-talk and we all have negative self-talk. I think we all know the negative self-talk so much and that's something that gets talked about a lot, but positive self-talk doesn't have to be, you're perfect, you're amazing. It can just be being mindful of the language you were using when you're talking to yourself or about yourself. So I always encourage people to look out for the sneaky words that we don't really realize, particularly like need, should, and have. Even... I don't have a to-do list anymore. I have a choose list. Wow. That's, it's, it's powerful stuff. And it's so um, subtle sometimes. Like you said, we don't even know that we're doing it. Mm -hmm. um, I remember on an episode we did a long time ago, this guest also decided to remove the word should from her language. Yes. And I couldn't, I think it was me. It was one of us. I think it was me. I didn't even realize that I couldn't remove it from my next sentence. Wow. And it right? was like, so, and you're like not even aware of it. And then it was so mind opening to just be called out in that moment. Like you said, like it wasn't, um, it wasn't a criticism. It was just like, oh, there you go. Um, and then it's like, oh, wow, this is really powerful. And it can be really subtle and, um, and mm -hmm. yeah, it's, it's especially an when you realize it within yourself, right? Cause then you know, I encourage people, okay, well just be mindful of it over the next couple of days. And then everyone comes back and like, Whoa, I had no idea I was saying that so much because it's just so common. And another big thing that works really well with sort of reprogramming the, the sort of the tracks that the brain wavelengths are on is, is affirmations. Positive self-talk doesn't have to be it's going to be different for each person, but positive, sorry, affirmations kind of allows there to be a new track. Mm. And then if we utilize them often enough, that can potentially become a new default. Right. And then you're like, oh yeah, like, oh, for example, I tell people like, how often do you say you love yourself? Most people are like, not often. And I'm like, okay, well try it once a day. And at first it's weird. Second time, it's kind of like, whoa, third time you're kind of like, okay. By, you know, the fifth time or so you're like, whoa. I do love me. 
And then the next time that sneaky negative thought comes in, we now have that new track where the brain can be like, whoa, 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 whoa. We've worked on this. We actually do love ourselves. Right. And I love that. That's great. And I think hearing you talk about it too, in the context of working with your clients, it's like, if we can reprogram that for ourselves, then it, it sort of goes into what you were talking about in that article, which is like, how can we then show up with our language for other people? Absolutely. Yeah. It's a good, because sometimes I think we don't even, aren't even conscious of our own self-talk. For sure. And I'm the person who will never not support someone, Mm -hmm. especially as, as my, my coaching hat on, I hear it all the time. So yeah. even, you know, when I'm in meetings and someone's presenting something, if they're not feeling confident about it, they'll be like, oh, you know, sorry, I talked too long or I was just rambling. And I'm the person who goes, hold on a second. You weren't rambling. And every single time that person will be like, oh, okay, thanks. Right? Because they're, they're not used to some people standing up for them for no reason other than, you know, a good human. Mm. So I say that to people every time you meet me, like, sorry, but I won't let you talk about yourself like that in front of me. I love that so much. I think if we could all be that for ourselves and for others, what a different society we could create together. We want to take a quick break from this episode to tell you about our health coaching subscription service on Patreon. The Courageous Wellness Collective has expanded on Patreon to bring listeners and clients an all-access accessible platform to educate, inform, and create nutrition and lifestyle habits to meet your personal goals. For $8.99 a month, patrons will receive weekly video content on topics ranging from blood sugar stabilization, gut health, hormone balance, energy, sleep, skin health, how to shop the grocery store, pantry staples, and much more. Included, you'll also receive access to monthly virtual events, recipes, awesome giveaways, and special guest content too. With this subscription, you are guaranteed at least four pieces of fresh health coaching content each month. To learn more and become a patron, visit patreon.com forward slash courageous wellness, or check out our show notes. We look forward to welcoming you to our coaching community. For anyone listening who isn't there at this Mm -hmm. moment or is just starting, right? I think sometimes this can feel, and I've heard from friends or family members, right? It's like, well, this is great, but how do we really start and believe that this can work for us? Is it just taking that chance with affirmations, taking that chance with kind words to ourselves, even if we don't feel, cause it's not right. It's not like we snap our fingers and suddenly we love ourselves. It is, um, it takes work for anyone listening. Who's really at the beginning of this journey, but wants to do it. What, it, what do you suggest for, for them? I think, you know, it sounds a lot bigger than it needs to be. And really, it can just be a few words that help someone that make you feel good, that ground you. And then that can sort of become like an anchor. So, and that's the cool thing about it too, is that it really could be anything. I like to say them to myself as I begin my meditations. 
And I always say them three times. And the reason because, you know, the power of repetition. And the more you say it, the more you feel it, and the more you believe it. And so that starts to embed it into your brain and that pattern that we were chatting about earlier. Um, another great thing that people can do is like write it somewhere where you see it every day, whether that's on your fridge or on the mirror in your uh, washroom or restroom, um, so that you constantly are tricked into reading it all the time, right? So even if you're like, yeah, yeah, I'll totally say them to myself. I don't need to write them down. It doesn't happen. But then if you, every time you open the fridge, you're like, oh, yeah. I do love myself. I am worthy or whatever it might be for you. So I would say just start writing down some things that actually feel good for you. And then you can turn them into I am statements and that the power of the I am. And that's what kind of makes it an affirmation is that you are calling it in. You are saying it and acting as if it is already here. You already are enough. And so that's why um, I find that those work really well. Thank you. I think that's a really good practical first step for someone who might feel intimidated. You know, sometimes I think if, if we're like starting a new practice of any kind, um, there, there can be aspects that are intimidating. So to have that sort of practical first step, something tangible that someone can do, um, mm -hmm. makes a big difference. Um, so I'd love to segue now a little bit into, um, as we were talking about language, but a little bit into this idea of, um, community wellness and uh, community support and resources. Um, and, and one of the programs that you're involved with is called the Get Real Movement. And mm -hmm. I would love for you to share with us a little bit about what it is and the kind of work you do with youth. Yeah, so uh, Get Real, actually the real is an acronym and it stands for Real Equality at Last. So, and then get real, just, it just was easier, better for, for logo, et cetera. So it, it worked out really well. And this is sort of a, a not-for-profit that I've been working with for about the last four years now. And I'm the director of strategic partnerships in a volunteer capacity. And it started as a way to have equality and, and support new students at my friend's university at Western University. So that's how it started. And I got involved much later. So that they started that probably, let's say eight years ago and, or maybe nine years ago. And I got involved about four or five years ago now, <clears throat> excuse me. And it aims to break down LGBTQ misconceptions. And so we do a lot of trans lives awareness and a few of our partners in the company are trans and we do anti-bullying and a lot of workshops around just helping youth understand a lot of the things that they might be going through. And so we do a lot of school talks, we do corporate as well. And there's a, I have a really great team. So I'm, I'm a little bit more hands-off now, unfortunately. So I still support with all the partnerships, but I don't actually do the workshops anymore. Unfortunately, even though it was like my favorite part, just not possible for me to do all the things all the time, boundaries, learning. And it's cool because we'll go into a school and we're talking to a bunch of grade fives and someone will raise their hand and say, you know, I'm trans. Cool. High five. You yeah. know, or learning about what gender identity means, learning about what 
racism is, learning about a lot of the things that our generation didn't get to talk about at that age. We had to figure it out as we got older or it smacked us in the face, so to speak. And we didn't get a chance to absorb it before we tried to implement it, you know? And it feels like we are, and for me, I really love working with Get Real and why I started because I always had wished there'd been tools and resources like this when I was growing up. Yeah. So, um, and we have merch, which helps so all the money that we make just goes right back into our programming to pay our facilitators to uh, cover the costs of making the clothes and stuff. And it's really, really, really impactful work. And you just get to see how it changes the lives of kids. The letters we get from people being like, wow, I'd never heard about someone who, who came out or I'd never met anyone who's trans or, you know, and my friend who will go up there and be like, oh, this is a picture of me when I was five. And it's a visibly feminine, you know, female identifying child at the time and then it's like and this is me now and the kids are all like oh okay so like you're like you're like it's fine right and they're like yeah and then it's like wow these great fours just had that experience and now they're going to move through the world not hating trans people or thinking that they're so different yeah one of the most common questions kids ask my trans um uh speaker is my parents when they talk about it they say that trans people or something won't get jobs and then he's like, I'm up here working with all of you. And then they're like, oh, okay, cool. So everything, it's, it's normal. And they were like, yeah, right, totally. So it's, it's really great to be able to provide that safe space for the next generation to have these conversations. I'm actually really, sometimes I was worried about social media and that impact on the younger generation, but I'm also trying to look at the positives of them being able to have these conversations, have tools and resources, and then grow up in an environment where talking about your feelings is supported. Yeah, absolutely. I, I think, like you said, we I mean, maybe some of us had some exposure, but it was basically what you were sort of like fortunate in enough mm -hmm. to sort of be exposed to or not, right? It was sort of a hit or miss. What kind of, what sort of knowledge do you, do your, does your family have or experiences does your family have? What kind of community do you happen to like grow up in and, and, and what kind of education, if any, like offers sort of education about that and also about this a sense of like normalizing for oneself and children mm -hmm. getting that. It's not only just like, I guess it sort of ties back into the theme we were talking about earlier, this idea of using language for one's own, you know, one's own wellness yes. practices and then being able to incorporate like language to support others. Well, it's like this normalization of, hey, if this is something I'm going through, this is, can be normalized through these educational resources, through the program that you guys bring in and create in this community. Exactly. That you create. It's like normalizing it for yourself so that mm -hmm. you can then also not go on a journey of like potential, I don't know, this idea of like, if, if I am someone experiencing this, I'm, I don't need to feel shame around this. And therefore exactly, yeah. I can also go out and live and create a world where I'm not perpetuating shame or pain because of this. A lack exactly. Of yeah. yeah. And one of the exercises we do is we actually pause and get everyone to write down one thing they're grateful for and one thing they're challenged by. Mm -hmm. And, you know, you can spread it when we could do in person, you know, spread out across the gym or this, you know, whatever room we're in. And just take a minute and write this down. Whoever's facilitating will share 
one that they are or one that they're not. And we try to share things that are on the topic of what we personally go through. And then we collect them and we read some out loud. And at the end, after we read some out loud, we go, raise your hand if you heard something that you can relate to that you didn't write down. And then you look around and every single hand goes up, including the teachers in the back. And then the kids go, oh, I'm not alone. Mm -hmm. And that's probably, even just talking about it gives me chills, right? Because it's such a huge and impactful moment for this young person's life who might be sitting there being like, I'm the only person whose parents fight at home, or I'm the only person whose father is in and out of jail or struggling with substance abuse or whatever it might be. And the chances of someone else in that room going through it is, is extremely powerful for them. It's emotional to hear too, like listening to Mm -hmm. it. Like I only wish that I had that at a younger Mm -hmm. age. Like I think everybody and just thank you like for the work that you do. And wow, like it's just making me so emotional to listen to you share this. So, um, and hopeful, I think so many times, right. Like there's so much darkness in our world and our society, especially in this last year and conversations like this and, it's, it's just important to seek the light and know that there is goodness happening out there and light in this world Absolutely. too, right? Not just Absolutely. dark. So thank you so much for sharing all of that. And as we begin to wrap up, we always conclude with three questions. And I know we could talk forever, but our time is short. So we have to wrap it up. I know we'll have to have you back for a part two, but, um, for these wrap up questions, I'm so interested to hear, um, your answers to them. So the first is, what is your self-care routine? What are some of your self-care non-negotiables so that you can show up and do this work? Hmm, my self-care non-negotiables are number one is in the mornings. I typically wake up earlier, no matter what time I have to show up for something at so that I have time to allow like my physical to catch up to my mental. There's so many times where we're like, okay, we have something at nine, we'll wake up at 8.55. And it's like, that actually is not sustainable because especially for the work that I do, I have to show up at my best. And if I'm rolling out of bed and like, I'm like, not, I'm not there yet. And then I cannot show up. And that's a disservice to them as well as myself. So if I have something at nine, I'll wake up at like 7.30. Admittedly, sometimes I'm rolling around in bed on social media, but then I'll get up and stretch get some water in me and do my affirmations. So I typically do my affirmations every morning. Um, I would say the second thing is movement of some kind as consistently as possible, ideally every day, whether that's a walk or a stretch, a bike ride now that it's getting warmer here in Toronto. And I would say the third thing is, it's a big one, but like there's so many things that it plays a role in, but is, is boundaries boundaries in my work life, boundaries in my personal life, boundaries with screen time. And that allows me to sort of honor myself in so many different ways so that I can, again, continue to show up at my best because we don't actually pour from a half full or full cup. We actually pour from the overflow. So when people ask me, how do you show up with 165% energy all the time? How do you not get bogged down when you're hearing about everybody's worst moments in life 
And I say, because I constantly do the things that I know make me feel at my best so that I'm constantly refueling. And then I pour from the overflow, right? Most people are at 80% and then they have a day and let's say it gets to 60%. And then you go to sleep and then it maybe goes back up to 75%. And then you have a day and then you're back at, now you're at 70. So you're not, oh, you're not, oh, you're not getting to that overflow then it's those little things that happen are going to bring you down and bring you down and bring you down. So I consistently stay at an overflow as much as I possibly can. And so I would say the, my well-rounded answer and for anyone who's at home is really figuring out the things that work for you and what makes you feel at your best and then tap into that in those days and those times and those moments when you're feeling low or off. Great. Thank you so much for that. And then you're welcome. Our second wrap-up question is, what does being courageous mean to you? Being courageous to me means putting myself first and consistently showing up as my authentic self. Beautiful. Thank you so much. Our last question is, do you have Mm. a book that has been particularly inspirational to you along your journey that you would like to recommend to our listeners? Hmm. I mean, there's so many, (laughs) but I would say two that I love to recommend is number one, Daring to Lead by Brené Brown. Mm. I think that's one, that's just like a really good one for people who might be beginning their journey. And then another one that's been really good is Atomic Habits by James Clear. Mm. And I just love the way he breaks down sort of the science of how habits work and kind of get started in our brain. And that can really help people make changes and understand how to exactly go about those changes and kind of what steps to do that and how um, habits are formed and maintained. Awesome. Thank you so much. And if anybody wants to find you, follow you, work with you, where can they do that? Yeah. um, I mean, I'm on, I'm on all the platforms. (laughs) So, you know, LinkedIn, Twitter, and Instagram are probably my top. Uh, at Coach Carrie, and Carrie's my last name, C-A-R-E-Y. I'm sure you will add it in, into here somewhere because yes. we live in a digital world. So, um, and then my website. So, you know, you can find everything there, booking me, working with me one-on-one. Um, I offer free meditations every Friday morning on my Instagram called Friday Feels. And so that's kind of just a safe space that I've created to ensure that, I, you know, it can make my work um, as accessible as possible to those because I am a firm believer that everyone should have access to things like this. So Friday Fields will stay forever. Awesome. Thank you so much again for joining us today. We really appreciate it. You're welcome. We did it. We did it. Thanks for tuning in to another episode of Courageous Wellness. Tune in every Wednesday for a new episode featuring a different guest each week. Subscribe, rate, and write us a nice review. And you can also follow us on Instagram at Courageous Wellness or get in touch via our website, www.courageouswellness.net, where you can also find additional info about our health coaching services, virtual group events, newsletter, and more. Until next week, I'm Allie. 
And I'm Erica and we're Courageous Wellness.